here at the Nets absolutely gorgeous offices uh, in Brooklyn with General Manager Sean Marks and appreciate all you guys being with us. I know uh, it's been an active summer and we're getting closer to the start of the season and uh, everybody who's associated with the organization always appreciates the growing support and passion <coughs> that all of you show and, and excited to get to delve into some of uh, what Sean and his team have been putting together this summer and, and what we have to look forward to this season and beyond. So I guess, Sean, I'll just start with this. Uh, for your guy, for your whole squad and your whole team, your goals going into this summer, what what were they and were you guys able to meet what you were hoping to achieve with this offseason? Yeah, I think with our goals that we set forth from a basketball operations standpoint, um, I think we achieved what we wanted to, to, to walk out of here summer with. Um, you know, look, we can always debrief and say, could we have done something better and, you know, could we have gone about it a different way? And you know, that's part of the business here. But at the end of the day, you're never sure what's going to be thrown, thrown in our direction. So I th something I am proud of is how the group was able to pivot and, and, and navigate a, um, a draft and a, and a free agency that can go in many directions and it can go pretty quick. Um, so our, our group did a nice job of really collaborating and, and um, discussing. And it, it starts a year you know, go back a year, that's kind of when you're starting to talk about what could um, be thrown across our board and what should we prepare for and so forth. So I think our group did a nice job there. And, you know, again, now it's, it's, it's back to the drawing board on, you know, the next year and, and, and two in front of us. I think people always use the <coughs> phrase like, you know, plan A, plan B, you know, the good thing is they have a plan C, plan D. I mean, how tangible is that when no. you guys are preparing? Do, do you actually have sort of like, Listed out. I always picture it on a whiteboard, but you have like listed out. Okay, yeah. if this happens, then we have these possibilities. Yeah. If this happens, because as you said, it, it happens so quickly when it comes to free agency. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that starts with sort of the role playing that we do um, as an office. We're, we're often caught in there in the dog days of January or December or wherever it is, saying, "Okay, well, what if what if this happened?" You know, you you play the role of Team X, and let's see let's see where we go with this. And and I think that's in, inevitably helped us um, navigate again the, the sort of the, the ups and downs and the turbulence that that is the NBA. Um, so uh, you know, again, you, you never know. I mean, things can happen really quickly. Uh, it's about having a obviously a plan A. But again, your plan B, for instance, you know, we always go back to sort of the, um, the Otto Porter yeah. situation that, uh, to use that as an example, you know, he got matched. We didn't end up with Otto Porter. It, it was never about, oh boy, we got $100 million. Let's go spend it somewhere else. It was, that was the guy that we had um, targeted as being a system fit, culture fit, somebody that we wanted to be part of our group. Uh, it obviously didn't work out for us, and, and you know, and he's remained in Washington. But again, it, it was okay. Plan B for us did not involve another free agent in that particular instance. Mm. So. Now, when you've been here about two and a half years now, and I think mm -hmm. a lot of people they look towards this date <clears throat> and they said, okay, you know, eighteen nineteen. That's when you know Nets have their own picks. That's when we get out from you know things that were done in the past and the trade of the Celtics and everything. And, and there was a lot of questions about how are you going to restore the assets? How are you going to be in a position so that it's not just waiting for those two and a half years to go sure. by? Yeah. It feels like you guys have done a really good job of building a young core and compiling some draft assets as well. When you sit here today, two yeah. and a half years in, 
How do you feel about the way you guys were able to navigate this period getting to this point compared to maybe what you were expecting when you came into the job? Yeah, well, one of our, um, one of our goals that you alluded to earlier in the discussion was for us was just to stay patient and to have that level of, look, do the work, be prepared. We never know where it's going to be, where it's going to go. Um, but again, let's not try and fast track this. Let's not skip steps along the way. Um, make sure every decision we make is at least, we've tried to be as strategic as possible. Um, and yeah, look, we, we, there's no question, you know, we like the young group that we've, we, that we've got right now. We've got, uh, we've been able to um, go out there and get some young draft guys and develop them. Our coaching staff has done a terrific job with the guys, but also the, the veterans that we've targeted along the way here, and, the, and they've played a role. You know, you go back to, you know, the first year here when we had a guy like Randy Foy in here. Like, people forget that the veterans that have played a role in building this and helped build us uh, have all played a, a pretty substantial role in, in um, helping develop those young guys along the way, and that's this no different to the vets that we've got in there right now. And one of those vets is Jared Dudley, and instantly, you know, <clears throat> just hearing his commentary on coming to Brooklyn, it seems like he's a guy who is ready to embrace that role, who fits Kenny's system and, and obviously on the floor, but immediately it seems like he wants to have that kind of influence on D'Angelo, on Jared Allen, and some of your other guys. Yeah, I think it's really important that, you know, whomever the vet is that comes in here um, is humble enough to know that, look, we're in a building franchise here. Um, it's not always going to be about wins and losses for us. It's going to be about development along the, along the last couple of years here. Um, you know, and at that same point, it's, you better be ready to go because, you know, Kenny wants, all of us, you know, we want a group here that's going to be competitive. We're going to demand it from everybody. It doesn't matter. There's nothing given to anybody. You've heard um, our group mention, you know, Kenny and myself over the course of the last two years, there's, there's never been a, well, he's our starting X. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. You deserve it. You put the work in and uh, in, in practice and in summers and, you know, right now. Um, that's where the dividends pay off, and, and you'll be rewarded, and you know, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be the one playing out there. Now, we have a lot of questions from you guys uh, who are listening, um, so we're going to sprinkle in some of them throughout uh, this call with Sean. The first one will come from Albert Gwendy from Brooklyn, who has been a season ticket holder for five seasons. Thank you, Albert. And his question is this. How do you plan on showing prospective free agents for next year what we are in Brooklyn, and how can we, meaning the season ticket holders, help pitch them on the beauty of Brooklyn? Um, great question, Albert. And that's something that, thankfully, we have a year to prep for and yeah. plan for. And like every free agency starts, you know, 2019's free agency's already begun, right? So in terms of looking at your cap and how you're going to um, fill out your roster-wise and who the, you know, the, the pending free agents may be and so forth, um, to sell Brooklyn, um, I don't want to say it's easy, but for those that have been around Brooklyn and, and been a part of this borough and this market, um, they know what it's all about. I mean, I'm intrigued by it. I, I love it here. So it's, for me personally, it's, look, I can't wait to come to work every day and, and be in the city, be amongst these people. Um, and that's, I guess, to Albert's second piece to it where you're saying, how can... How can they? How can our fans play a role in this? And 
to be honest, that's one of the key factors of why I was so intrigued about coming here. And I know a lot of our staff, I mean, our staff is all pretty much brand new, that comes in here and says, look, I, I want to be part of something special here. Um, there's going to be nothing like winning in Brooklyn. There's going to be nothing like, um, you, you know, being able to turn this franchise around and get a group of diehard fans here that, you know, they're, they're you know, and Kenny has said this in all his press conferences sort of every day, is like, man, the, the fans stuck with us, you know. Gosh, that was an ugly game, but, man, they, they were here. They were supporting us and so forth. And to me, that means an awful lot. I mean, it's an awful lot that the, the, the group of fans... They can see what we're trying to do. They've showed an incredible amount of patience to, to hang in there with us. Um, I hope they see the light at the end of the tunnel. I hope they see what we're trying to do. Um, the group of guys that are out there on the court are, are competitive every night. We're demanding that of them. They demand it of each other. Um, you know, they play a fun style of basketball where, um, you know, as, as we've sort of mentioned before, you know, the, the flashy behind-the-back passes and so forth, you know, that looks great, and you know, there's a place for that, yeah. uh, that flair, but there's also the loose ball rolling on the floor. We better be the team to get that loose ball. There's no excuses why our guys would not be the first to that. They would not be the first to sliding over and taking a charge and supporting each other from the, te- from the benches and so forth. So it's a lot of the intangibles that I think this fan base demands here. Um, again, that's what I want to be a part of. That's what our group wants to be a part of. Um, so we're trying to find the players that also fit with, with this borough, and, and that'll sell itself. One of the other things, like <clears throat> when we think about prospective free agents, is you know, the facility here mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. And I know, like, for me, it's ridiculous. Just aesthetically, it's unbelievable when it comes to the actual you know, appliances and, and the, the visuals of it. It's, it's gorgeous. And whether it's the offices of the employees here or the basketball operations staff mm-hmm. or for the players themselves, the facilities yeah. top to bottom are, they're amazing. And so, like, I would think, yeah, okay, this is a place I'd want to work. And yeah. we've heard free agents like Ed Davis yeah. or prospective draftees talk about the impression it's made on them. But you're the one who's actually taking them through the facility and showing them. So yeah. I'm wondering... Just what has it been like for you and how real is that feedback from them when they actually experience this facility for the first time? Yeah, you know, it, we're, we're all sort of um, visual creatures by habit, right? So when you walk through this facility and this building for the first time, uh, it's certainly eye-popping and, you know, you, you can't necessarily duplicate this in other places just due to the nature of where, where we all stand and where yeah. the building sits itself. Um, uh, that shows a complete commitment from ownership. You know, when they're sitting here saying, hey, look, we're going to build, you know, what we'd like to think of as the, the best facility in the NBA and continually update it. And they've, they've, they've showed that commitment year over year. I mean, it's only been available for, for two years and they're continuing to pour, to pour more, um, you know, dollars into it to keep it, uh, you know, an elite facility around the world. So that's great. I think one thing I, I would just sort of, Add to that would be the caveat of this is the bricks and mortar, and I think that's great and it's very flashy, but um, that can lack some substance. It can be a really pretty building, but without the people that are inside it, that's what makes this special. So from a staff perspective, from the sweat equity that our coaching staff put in, from all the people that are in the office, from the business side, from uh, and basketball operations, I think that's what, you know, people sense, oh, there's something different going on there. And 
you know, it's a very collaborative, very creative approach to it. And, and you know, look, to be honest, I'm learning things from these guys every day, so I think it's terrific. And the word that would be associated with that is culture, which we, mm -hmm. we've heard, you know, you focus on from the second you took over, and we've heard people in the building consistently talk about when you are evaluating who should be a part of this program going forward, how high up on the list is them as a culture fit? You know, yeah, absolutely. And one thing we've hopped on is, you know, the culture from day one, and that's because that's something that we could control. You know, we couldn't control draft assets and, <laughs> yeah. and free agency and the so forth for the last couple of years. But, um, you know, from a culture perspective and what we do inside the building, outside the building, who comes in and out of the building, we can control that. And we can try and build that. And it is a we. It's not an I. This is something that... Uh, the culture is only as good as the people that are leading it and pushing it and driving it. And that starts obviously with our players, obviously with Kenny and myself, but everybody else. There's nobody here that doesn't have an opinion or can't have a voice in how we can build and grow and, and, and continually grow this thing. So, um, yeah, culture is absolutely a priority. All right, next question comes from Marco Prede, <clears throat> who has been a season ticket holder for four years. He's from Brooklyn. And he says, we all believe that there's a moment in the future where we will be celebrating a championship win. On that day, how will we evaluate the 2018-19 season? And I'm just going to do my own little spinoff. And I think what Marco's asking is, what role will this year play in yeah. building towards that long-term and ultimate goal? Yeah. Well, I, I would take almost a step back and look at it um, like what it... 17-18 play, what did 16-17 play, so forth. So, you know, you, every year, you know, our goals, strategic vision and so forth, um, and not saying we've been able to achieve everything we've wanted to, but, you know, as long as we're staying on that same path and with some little detours here and there and we pivot where we need to, they've all played a role in there. And, and you would hope that nothing we do this season would jeopardize potentially what happens next summer or the summer after that or the year after that and so forth. So things that we can control this year would be um, continue to compete. I think that's really important for us. It's important for our current players. They want to go out there and compete. This is not a year where we're going to sit there just because we control our own pick and say, all right, well, let's just hope that pick is as good as it possibly can be. <laughs> right. you know? I mean, there's other factors at play here. Um, and I think it's really important, and it goes back to the fan base. It's important for the fan base to see that what the trajectory is that we're on here, what we're trying to build here. Um, so I think hopefully we'll look back at, uh, at this next season and say, look, the development of our guys continued. Coaching staff have done a terrific job there. Development coach have done an amazing job developing our guys so far. That's got to continue. There's no question there. It should continue for you know, the, the rest of the history of this franchise. That, that's a big piece to it. Um, but again, it'll be how our guys compete on a nightly basis, um, how we've all developed from myself, from Kenny, from the whole coaching staff, front office. We should continue to grow and be molded, and, and hopefully we're all improving. This question kind of piggybacks on that uh, from <clears throat> Sam Siegel, who's been a season ticket holder for 13 years from Manhattan, says, do you think winning more this year compared to the past couple of years is important in attracting free agents next offseason as well as for the development of your existing players. Yeah, absolutely. And something we're very, I think, you know, look, all pro teams are cognizant of would be you never want to have a, uh, a losing culture here. Um, sometimes you, 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 can't, you, you can't 
change it. You have nothing to do with that. But at the end of the day, for us, it's about taking the right steps, continuing to grind, continuing to stay true to who we are. Um, look, we've got a competitive group of young guys. They all know what's ahead of them with, with plenty of you know, free agents on our own roster. I mean, they, they know that this is a big year for a lot of them here. And, and um, to me, that's intriguing, that's exciting as to you know, how they continue to compete and develop, which, you know, again, if you're competing, you're trying to win games. I mean, Sean, is it easier to, when you go out next year and, and, and you guys have the, the cap space that you could, <clears throat> is it easier to go out and recruit free agency for saying like, hey, look at the way we've built these wins over the last couple of years and where we're going, if you're coming off a year where you feel like you've had some growth in that department? You know, I think that's certainly a factor that, that could be played in here. Um, and, you know, look, we know that can be natively used against us as well from other sides. You know, if we don't show the, 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 the trajectory that we yeah. hope and stuff on the build that we hope. But again, our goal is certainly to go out there and, and put our best foot forward, um, compete on a nightly basis, you know, look at ways we could have improved from last year and the year before. Like that's that's on staff as just as much as as, as players. For it's, it's all of us looking here how we can improve. Now this question kind of is along the same lines, but I want Simon Huang to get his time. So, uh, two-year season ticket holder from Whitestone, <clears throat> New York, and he says, "What is the free agency plan for 2019, and are you pursuing talent via free agent market or trade market?" Well, Simon, without divulging everything to you on this phone call, um, yes. So that that again, that goes to where you you have to be um, creative in uh, the approach to free agency. Like, look, if we're all going to all our eggs in one basket, we're saying this is the guy we're going to go get, and we hope to get him, or or whatever it may be, and you don't get him, you 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 better have that plan B and C and so forth that you alluded to before. The other piece to it is. Um, as we navigate this next season, we'll have a better idea of how things are going and so forth, how our own guys are developing and so forth. And you never know what turns we may take. I mean, there's plenty of different dates throughout the season that we need to get through. I mean, obviously, let's just walk through training camp and then you've got you know, December 15th dates, trade deadline and draft and so forth. So things can take a different, some different forms here on how we build this thing. So I would not say, hey, look, it's entirely predicated on you know, summer 2019. I mean, there, there could be some different avenues throughout the year that we, we take. Big time season ticket holder for 21 <clears throat> seasons, Bruce Hirschfeld from Brooklyn, New York, has a question, and it's this. He says, Spencer had a great first half up to the All-Star break. When D'Angelo came back, it seemed like Spencer had some trouble finding his rhythm, shooting, and passing. Will you play them together this year or look for a different combination? Um, I think that's something over time we'll, we'll figure it out. I mean, the guys are upstairs even now playing together and just, you know, again, it's those um, unscripted conversations that the, the two players themselves are having. It's not necessarily uh, something that Kenny and his coaching staff can force. They'll certainly look at different combinations of who's playing on the court at the right time, who fits better. I mean, you know, we did the same thing in San Antonio and you could argue that you know, Manu Ginobili is the greatest sixth man ever, right? Yeah. But, but he, could, he was probably starting on 28 other different <laughs> yeah. teams. So there's a lot of different combinations that we can go with um, with our group and, and how they get along. But I think the bottom line is we've got you know, high-character guys that want to compete 
and want to compete together. So uh, you know, I don't see a, an issue with those two. And, and with Spencer, you know, he's one of those guys. Again, a testament to the development uh, here. How did his development kind of compare to maybe what you thought was possible for him when you guys brought him in here? Yeah. Well, I, I, so there's a couple of factors that went into Spencer. I think our performance team did a really terrific job with him, um, and he bought in. You got to give Spencer a lot of credit here because you know there's no one coach or one performance team member or one scout that can take all the credit here. The player has to buy in to what you're saying. Hey, look, you could be this if you do this. How about this? But Spencer certainly had um, some intangibles that made him stand out from a size, from a speed, from an athletic ability standpoint. Those are some nice things to start with. And then when he buys into a development system that the coaching staff have put in there and, a, and the performance team, um, you know, it, it's, it's pretty simple and pretty easy to see why he had and, and continues to have the success that he's having because, you know, because he's putting in the work. Thank you for that question, Bruce. We will move on to Michael from the city, New York, New York. He's been a season ticket holder for seven years. Tricar, Tricarico, I think is how we say his last name. And his question is, in what area will the Nets be most improved this season, Sean? I think something we've talked about a lot, which will, which will be, um, again, competing, be in games right till the end, and be able to close out games. I think that's something our players have said that, they're getting accustomed to playing um, with each other in those moments. You, know, you heard Karras say a couple of times where he said, look, I, I screwed that up. I had the ball in my hands with 30 seconds to go, and I made the wrong play. But I haven't been in that situation before. Mm. So those are great learning tools. You, you can't implement that in a practice or try and substitute, hey, Karras, you're down five. Here it is. You've got 45 seconds to go. What are you going to do? How are you going to play it? If he does it in a real game when it really matters, um, those are great learning tools for him. So for all our guys, I think those will be, uh, that'll be big. I think for our coaching staff, you know, um, obviously that's something they would like to be working on is competing until the end. You know, and again, it goes back to, um, you know, they want to win more games as well. I mean, like we all do. I mean, that's the greatest thing about our coaches that they're competitors and they want to win, which is great. This question comes from Stephen Froelich from Sparta, New Jersey, who's been a season ticket holder for 31 seasons, says this team has a vision and is not reactionary with their plans. What has been the most unanticipated result so far for you? Gosh, it's, it's, that's probably a tricky one because I think we can go back and say, um, you know, a lot of the things, that we've, whether it's from a draft pick, um, you know, I, I think we could look at, you know, both Karras and you know, the first pick we had as a group, and then and Jarrett, the second pick, you know, we were thrilled to have them both there on our board. So you know, that was probably a little bit anticipated that they, uh, unanticipated that they would, they would be there, they yeah. would be available to us. Um, obviously, the development of guys like Spencer, the, the, the development of Jarrett, you know, we didn't realize that potentially he was going to be starting in the league as quickly as he did, but. Um, for a guy to be thrown into the fire that quick and sort of revel in it and enjoy it and it's sort of a light bulb went off for Jarrett so that, that's terrific um, to see um, I think it's all, one of the things is just to see the buy-in you know I mean we can talk about the trades and so forth that we've that we've done over the um, last couple of years but I think it's been the buy-in from our players and just how important that level of um, 
you know, getting over themselves. You know, mm. there's nobody here that's bigger than anybody else. The fact that people genuinely break bread together and like each other and want to be part of something bigger than themselves. I think that's something I'm obviously very proud of and I think our group and Kenny is very proud of that and we hope that that continues, you know, for many, many years to come. Ethan uh, from the Bronx, who's been a season ticket holder for 16 seasons, says, who's in the gym right now but working the hardest this offseason and taking advantage of our amazing practice <laughs> facility? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, again, that's another great thing because we don't have to coerce them to be in here and say, look, you guys need to be in the gym. They want to be in. The, the gym's open 24 hours to them. So there's plenty of guys that are coming in here way after you know the the city lights are, are, are dim and so forth and working out so they're on their own here it's it's really we want it to be player led um and i think it's contagious and, and something that you and i sort of touched upon before this call was with social media now with all these guys posting videos of themselves and saying hey i'm in the gym where are you that's contagious even amongst their own group of peers on the team, let alone the other teams around the league. So it's not something that just our team's doing. I think everybody's doing it. All pro athletes don't want to be the odd man out. They don't yeah. want to be the one guy that's not working out. So guys have had complete buy-in. Um, the devotion from you know coaching staff and performance staff that are with these guys throughout the summer if they need be, they're on their becking call, um, which is there's a lot of commitment. So I, I would say all our guys are in the gym. You know, I think Jared... Um, has shown from day one that that you know this summer that he look he wants to get better. He knows, uh, you know, I think it was probably a little bit of a surprise to him how he's been able to play and so forth. So he's excited about taking his game to the next level. Uh, we've seen Karis in, in the gym a ton, but I, again, I could go all the way down through our entire group, and I think what's you know maybe been a little bit of a surprise, but a pleasant one would be to see you know Ed Davis, you know Damari Carroll, these guys have been in the, the minute Ed got here, he's in the gym, and Damari from the minute the season's over. So uh, to me, that's great. And again, when your leaders are in there, when your older vets are in there showing the young guys, you know, this is, this is how you do it. Yeah, again, it's player-led. Can't ask for more than that. How much different is that now, Sean, with <clears throat> the NBA today and with your, you know, your guys' situation here than maybe it was when you were playing or years yeah. before that as far as, like, that continued engagement goes with players at their facility and practicing just you know basically making it a year-round thing for themselves yeah well I think two things we one thing we have in our favor would be it's it's Brooklyn it's New York people want to be here people are fine spending their summers here yeah, you know there's right. plenty of things to do so um, that we have going for us all our guys live in Brooklyn so that's easy the gym is right here and you know, I, I can't see them finding a better gym available for them. So, <laughs> no. so that's great. But it is certainly contagious. I mean, you see from all teams all around the league now where guys are getting their groups together and, hey, look, meet in L.A. and they're all going there or meet here and they're all going there, meet in New York and so forth. So guys are going all over the place to be together. And I think they all realize, like, you know, NBA careers are no longer four, five, six years. I mean, guys are playing 16, 17, 18. You know, so you're seeing them play longer and longer and longer, and a lot of that work is being done in the offseason. All right, this next question comes from Sherman Yang, who has been a season ticket holder for eight seasons from Jersey City. Says, what parts of D'Angelo, Jarrett, and Karras's games would you want them to improve most? Um, well, I would say this. With those guys, they're, they're young, they're very malleable, they, they want to get better in all aspects. I think I don't want to limit them and say you can only improve here, here, or there. 
you know, if you look at a guy like D'Angelo, his big focus this offseason and even towards the end of last season was purely his health and his body and getting that right when he's recovered from that knee surgery. So his thing is being able to be robust and be able to sustain an NBA season and be out on the court. That's going to be paramount for him. So as he moves forward, he needs to create those habits and, and take care of his body. And I, and I think people will be pretty surprised when they see what he's done. I mean, he's worked extremely hard this offseason uh, on purely that, on strengthening up his body and so forth. Um, Jarrett, I... I, I I would never want to limit him because I don't want to see. I would like to see where he can go. I think, um, you know, for for him, it's all about confidence. It's you know, are we going to see him step out and hit, hit corner threes? Sure, potentially, but he needs to be a great rim protector, uh, you know, shot blocker and rebounder. So the rebounding aspect for, for Jared is an area where he's going to really have to improve on, really make his mark. When you're yeah. that long, you're that athletic. And that'll come with adding strength. So, um, you know, he's getting there. Um, his strength is, is coming. You know, a guy who's, you know, 20 years old, we can expect big things for him for, for, for years to come. How about this question from Marsha <clears throat> Kellum, who has been a season ticket holder for seven seasons, is from Brooklyn, and says, what is your vision, and where do you see the team in five years? Well, I think somebody earlier, and uh, I think it was Marco, said hopefully we'll be celebrating a championship. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, That's right. You know, I think the ultimate goal is for us for us to be winning, um, to be competing at a high level. Uh, I think for us, obviously, you know, making a playoff push is going to be important. Um, you know, I, I think we've we will have established a um, an identity. You know, we're, we're continuing to do that, and that's coming as we bring in you know a different group of players, um, our draft guys, our young guys continue to develop, and so forth. And, and it really takes on after what, you know, what this, the Brooklyn grit, the Brooklyn identity that, we, that we've talked about and harped upon. Um, again, look, I don't know where we're going to be in five years. You know, who knows? But you know, all I can say is I, I hope that the fan base is, is proud of the group of 15 guys and what they've been able to achieve uh, over that course of time. Right. Andrew <clears throat> Saunders has been a season ticket holder for seven seasons, is from Brooklyn. And this is something you talked about. His question is something you alluded to earlier with those improving on late games. But he says, how confident are you that we will start winning those many close games we had last season? Who's our star that expects to and wants to take that last shot? You know, so I would say, yes, I'm confident that our group will improve on, on that particular aspect. Um, one, I know that our, our coaching staff is working hard on that. But it's also, again, it comes with the territory. The more our whether it's D'Angelo or Karras or Spencer or whoever it may be that has the ball in their hands at that, that critical point in the game is making those right decisions. And that comes by purely just getting the play together. The more they're playing together, whether it's in pickup games like that are, that are happening right now in the summertime, um, you know, the preseason games and so forth. And you know, our coaching staff will be trying to emulate that as much as they can in practice and give them something to go for. In regards to a star, um, I, I would there there is no face to the franchise. There is no this is the one guy that we're going to build around. We're not about that. This is a, it's a team sport. You know, I've seen it on. You know, I've been privy to some pretty special teams that you know, as great as Steve Nash had you know, a, a career, he wasn't the one that always took the last shot. You know, there was plenty of other times where he was dumping it off to uh, to Amari and, and so forth, or Sean Marion, or whoever it may be. 
as great as Tim Duncan was, he's humble enough to realize, well, Manu Ginobili's wide open. I'm going to pass him the ball in the corner. And, or maybe it's you know, a, a coming up style like a Paddy Mills. Hey, I'm going to hit him with the ball because why would I force a contested shot? So you know, I think our group playing together with realize what's important to us is how we want to play the game, not necessarily, hey, the ball's in one guy's hands, he's got to create for us. You know, there's, there are some level of stars around the league that, that can do that. Um, I think for us, where we stand right now, it's, it's going to be about how the team plays together and, and having that unselfish play amongst themselves. One of the guys you brought back is Joe Harris. And I feel like he's such a good story for you guys because here's someone who you know, maybe was an afterthought in this league who's turned into such a consistent yeah. performer. He gets rewarded yeah. from you guys financially this offseason as well. Is there a part of you that when, when you guys sign off on that contract that feels just this sense of gratification for him as yeah. well that he that he earned this uh, and and he's turned his career into what it is yeah no a hundred percent and and joe really epitomizes what we're, we're all about here and, and the hard work that he's put in i mean you know we talk about guys working out in the summer you know joe is definitely one of the leaders in that category um you know he he continues to work hard and and wants to improve his game in all in all aspects and Look, I, I think he's one of the only guys that takes the subway to work. You know, I mean, so it's it's pretty intriguing. I, I remember seeing him the day after, you know, he had signed the deal, and he was walking across the parking lot over here, you know, baseball cap on and headphones in and high fiving workers as he just. And that's Joe. I mean, that's who he is. And I was, to be honest, I was very proud witnessing that. I was in a car driving by, and I was like, that's. We made the right decision. Mm. So that was that was terrific there to see Joe um, do that again. I think our coaching staff from our scouts that sort of said Joe Harris is the guy we should be looking at him you know when we first brought him in from our coaching staff that helped develop him and so forth it's hard not to sort of want to overpay for people like this but you know when you get a guy like Joe who says who could have gone elsewhere for more money I mean that's the probably the piece that's not written about yeah. that that makes us feel pretty special that a guy here who's saying hey look i appreciate what you guys have done um but and i want to come back and i want to help you guys build this and and um and not you know not give up on brooklyn i mean he's here and, and he wants to be part of it which is great how helpful is he as an example too for other guys that you bring in here when you guys are trying to sell what you can do for their individual careers. Yeah, no, there's no question there, especially, you know, we've had those discussions and it's not just Joe, it's a lot of our guys that have that have made that jump uh, in, in how they're playing. And, you know, agents want their guys around our coaching staff. They want our, their guys around our performance team, that they're seeing bodies changing, they're seeing, you know, ability realized and so forth. So um, that's certainly a selling point. Yeah, out there. Is the performance team available to <laughs> broadcasters? I'm wondering, you know, like we could transform the S Network's uh, bodies this season as well. Well, you've seen me. They're still not available to GMs. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Here's the last question from our season ticket holders. Ran Zeng, who has been a season ticket holder for one season from New York, says, what's your view on the status of the Eastern Conference? And do you expect the Nets to make to make it to the playoffs with your current squad? Well, I think the Eastern Conference, you know, it always flip-flops, right? Every five, ten, seven years, whatever it may yeah. be, it flip-flops back and forth, and the, the power moves from west to east, east to west, and so forth. And, you know, obviously with you know, a couple of moves this year, um, you know, one would say that, okay, maybe the west even got stronger. So who knows? But there's, 
there's definitely some teams, especially up the top, uh, up the top of the tier in the, in the Eastern Conference, that you know can and should be vying for championship contention without a doubt. So I, I wouldn't write anybody off. Um, in the Eastern Conference, there's a lot of great coaches. Um, there's still plenty of star power in the East. I think one thing that's, you know, I, I'm never going to be the one to sit out here and say, hey, we should be, you know, making a playoff. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. It's great when it's coming from your players. So when our players have done several interviews, including the, the new guys that we've brought on and said, I don't see any reason why we can't make a push for the playoffs. Isn't that the objective here? You know, we're not sitting here trying to win 20 games. So let's, let's put our best foot forward and push each other and see where it all goes. And anything can happen. You never know where it's going to break. Well, we're getting closer to seeing where it goes. Already August. Yeah. Season will be here soon enough. Sean, thank you for doing this. Pleasure. Looking forward to it. And thank you for all of you who are listening in. Season is uh, just a couple months away, and we always appreciate the support that you have for the Brooklyn Nets. And thank you for all the questions that you guys sent in.